Hello, I'm Hari Naidu and welcome to Sky TV at Sky 2018. Joining me today is Andrew McNeese. Uh, he presented a very interesting late-breaking clinical trial today on cardiogenic shock. A, a uh, conundrum for many of us to try mm. to figure out what to do in those patients, mm. culprit vessel only or multi-vessel. And mm. as you know, the guidelines had been pushing us for some time to do mm. multi-vessel interventions. So That's tell right. us about your study. Yeah. Well, just a bit of background is that I think patients who present with acute myocardial infarction, cardiogenic shock, represent our sickest cohort, but also our most challenging cohort to treat. Right. And uh, one of the problems we face as interventional cardiologists is not necessarily the procedural complexity but the clinical decision making that has to be taken into account because 80, up to 80% of these patients have multivessel disease right. and in our study it was 73%. Mm -hmm. As you said, randomized controlled data have highlighted to us that in patients who are hemodynamically stable but present acutely with an ST elevation MI, the recommendation is immediate multivessel intervention is feasible and uh, safe and may improve outcomes, but that was mainly driven by reduction in repeat revascularization. Mm -hmm. So thankfully last year we got the culprit shock trial, which right. was a landmark trial in this area. It was the first randomized controlled trial. Cardiogenic shock <laughs> shocked us. And, um, and what it said to us, it randomized 706 patients, uh, culprit vessel versus multivessel intervention. Mm -hmm. And really the take home message was culprit vessel intervention was preferable with a significant reduction in mortality or renal replacement therapy at 30 days, mm -hmm. primarily driven by mortality. So our study, we wanted to assess two things. One, did real world data confirm what the culprit shock trial had told us? Mm -hmm. And two, could we glean any insights into why culprit vessel intervention may be preferable? Right, right. So uh, between the years of 2008 and 2014, we looked at the British Columbia Cardiac Registry and we found 649 patients who met the criteria in terms of an acute MI presentation with multivessel disease with cardiogenic shock. Mm -hmm. um, we excluded patients with left main stem disease and we defined cardiogenic shock as a systolic blood pressure of less than 90 for 30 minutes or okay. greater. That's the um, classic definition. Indeed, right. or requiring inotropic or mechanical support to maintain tissue perfusion. Mm -hmm. And we defined multivessel coronary disease as two or more coronary arteries of greater than 70% stenosis. Mm -hmm. um, and what we found um, was supportive of culprit shock. So the first finding was that you know, at 30 days, there is a significant mortality reduction with culprit vessel intervention versus multi immediate multivessel intervention. And this was also bored out to one year as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the second point we found, which was, I think, the interesting point for us is when we looked at the subgroups. So, for, and first of all, the patient high risk groups, the uh, mortality benefit was significant in uh, patients under 80 years old, in males, in non-diabetics, and patients presenting with an ST elevation MI. Mm -hmm. And then more interestingly was the subsets of non-culprit anatomical disease. Right. Um, culprit shock didn't look at this, but what we found was the only vessel that was associated with a higher mortality if you intervened on it in, an, in a non-culprit vessel in the acute setting was the LAD. So let's talk about that, proximal LAD, I heard. Mm -hmm. So was LAD that because... You, the proximal. Right, is that because the feeling is that would be too much in jeopardy in the complication rate? Exactly, well, I think... Um, I'm not sure. There's a, well, I know I agree, and I think what we... 
it does reverse our thinking is what, what we thought is so that's we, the largest area in jeopardy you would think that that would have the benefit exactly and that and that was our current thinking but I suppose cardiogenic shock and this is the message we wanted to you know enforce today was that cardiogenic shock is a very different setting to someone who's hemodynamically stable mm -hmm. it's not just a matter of revascularization and reperfusion there are other factors in, in play there's a right. systemic inflammatory response which is very difficult to quantify it's a very heterogeneous uh, population cardiogenic shock and I think trying to tease out what patients are predominantly the systemic inflammatory response. So what was the overall mortality of the population? Um, the overall mortality was uh, 23, just over 23% of 30 days for the culprit vessel group and 34% for the multi-vessel. So that's a little bit lower than an all-comer shock population. Was exactly. there some question that these were a little bit lower risk population? Um, when, you, when you break down from the data we have, I would say no. Um, our, definitely our cardiac arrest numbers were less than the culprit shock data. Mm -hmm. um, there may be some selection bias given that it is registry data. And how about mechanical support percent? So mechanical support we used, yeah, there was no impella or ECMO, it was an intra-aortic balloon pump and the percentages were 25% in the culprit vessel group and 45% in the multi-vessel intervention. So I guess the question is, does this put the issue to bed or do we think that we are not selecting the highest risk subset that might actually benefit? Mm. What do you think? Um, with regards to mechanical support? Yeah, well, with regards to multi-vessel disease, maybe yeah. it facilitates multi-vessel disease mm. in the shock setting but without it it's too dangerous. Um, difficult to say, I'm not sure what the answer to that is, but I think, I think what we did want to say was less is more in the acute setting, I right. think culprit vessel only is preferable and that there potentially are deleterious effects of performing immediate multi-vessel intervention in the setting of shock, right. so not a non-shock patient but in the setting of cardiogenic shock and therefore I mean there was data published from the a Korean group um, from the Khmer registry earlier this year in Jack. Very consistent. Uh, and they will they actually they find, they find that immediate uh, multi-vessel intervention was preferable to culprit vessel mm -hmm. but it was a very different cohort of patients. They were as patients with ST elevation MI and cardiogenic shock, um, but their multi-vessel intervention definition differed, which was the key point. Um, they they performed culprit vessel only, um, and then staged mm -hmm. uh, patients as an inpatient to complete the and revascularization, the and that was their definition. So our definition was at index presentation, and their definition was during the index admission. Got so 40% of their patients had a staged inpatient procedure. Right, right. but it was deemed overall as multivessel. Right, so those may do okay because it's not in the acute setting. Which also right. I think supports our findings which is why I wanted to bring it up is that once you get someone out of shock I mean I'm an interventional cardiologist mm -hmm. I believe in complete revascularization so but but it's the culprit vessel only for me in the setting of shock I think is safer because of all the other factors that are happening physiologically in shock I think there are some deleterious effects to performing multivessel intervention particularly in if like in the proximal LED, if there's a large area right. of subtended myocardium. Right. Well, thank you. It was amazing work. Yeah, and thank, thank you for being much. here at Sky 2018. Thank, thank you to you. our audience for joining us for Sky TV at Sky 2018. Thank you. Thank you.